This is the Celtics Over Easy Podcast, the show by green teamers for green teamers. Here are your hosts, Paul Dion and Matt Kowalski. Hello and welcome back in to another episode of the Celtics Over Easy Podcast. My name is Paul Dion and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy, Matt Kowalski. What is going on? Oh, baby, baby, Matt. We are making moves. Um, I don't even know where to begin. Um, as things stand right now, though, Matt, let's just let's just say it. State the facts. The Celtics are two wins away from going to the NBA Finals. <sighs> I just got chills. Let's state some other facts. Yeah. Gordon Hayward broke his ankle five minutes into the season. Yeah. Has, is out for the year. Fact. Fact. Kyrie Irving, out for the year. Fact. After 60 games. Not involved in the playoffs. Daniel Tice, done for the year. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm just stating facts, you know? Fact. LeBron James is still LeBron James. Still in the playoffs. Still in the playoffs. And yet the Celtics have have won the first two games of this this series. And... um, Handily. Yeah, been pretty dominant. Um... Where where do you want to begin? You want to start with on the Celtics side of things, um, or you know, should we dig into this Cleveland team and kind of realize that they're what we thought, which is not very not very good. That's that's for sure. Let's let's talk about let's, let's start with the games and then we can get we can get into some big picture, bigger picture thoughts from there. Let's start with what we thought of game game one. Let's get back to the beginning here. Okay. Because we we wrapped up, yeah, we wrapped up the uh, round two last last podcast, right? We didn't we didn't have any carry over there. Yeah, so we we potted last week after uh, game four, yeah, but before before game five, um, in the Philly series. Do you, do you have any thoughts on game five before we before we get into this? Or are you just too excited about Cleveland here? No, I think with game five against Philly, it it kind of happened. It kind of went as I I thought it would and thought it could. Close game. Um, for for most of it, and the Celtics, um, you know, were able to 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 sneak it out at the end. Um, I do remember I was I was nervous at certain points in that second half. I felt I felt like it was Game Seven. I I was yeah I was very nervous because I did not I thought it would go poorly if we lost that game. Right, the the tension was definitely there. Yeah, for sure. Um, Which I didn't expect going. I mean, I don't know. I didn't expect myself to be so. Like I felt like that was an elimination game, which felt weird being up three one. I don't know. Yeah, but hey, the Celtics—they were able to sneak it out, um, and they got a date with uh, with the reigning Eastern Conference champs, the the Cleveland Cavaliers. To which they said, "We're going to beat you by thirty points." Yeah. Did you ever before Game One in this in these Eastern Conference Finals? Did you ever think that the Celtics could win it or would win it by you know thirty points? No. <laughs> I mean, I thought, you know, we we've talked we talked about how we we don't think the Cavs are that good. It's just LeBron, um, but it, it's you know it was really hard to tell what that meant for for the series, right? Like the Pacers took them to seven and probably should have right. probably should have won that series, but then they swept the Raptors. So it, it, you know, it's very it's very odd, an, like an odd what, like eleven games to really look back and say how does this what does this mean for the Celtics. Um, you know, I'd like to. I was like, I was thinking that we were more like the Pacers, 
but <laughs> you know, I never thought thirty point win. No, I cruising the entire game from like basically the jump of the first quarter. Right. I didn't see that coming in. Yeah, I mean th- this Cavs team has been it they've been difficult to figure out this season. I feel like a lot of people um have been kind of flip flopping with them and saying, you know, when things look bad for them, which it has for the Cavs at, at various points, you know, they say, Oh, the Cavs aren't good. Um you know, they 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 don't have the on off switch that everybody talks about. Um then all of a sudden the Cavs start playing well, they sweep the Raptors and it's like, Oh, they're back. They figured it out. Um, yeah, because everyone's afraid to be no. Everyone's afraid to be wrong, and they have LeBron. So I feel like everyone's just like, as soon as they win, they're like, oh yeah, yeah, right. LeBron, 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 LeBron. Right. Yeah. And that's right. the easy take is that you pick the Cavs because they have LeBron. Yeah. It's the easy thing to say because you're right. You're most likely you're most likely going to be right, and there's no real downfall if if you're wrong. Um, but I think you know, game one, obviously, you, you know, I did. You don't expect the blowout, um, but I think it just game one and game two have just confirmed what I've thought of the Cavs. What we've thought of the Cavs throughout the season is that when you get past LeBron, they're really not that good. No, there's not much there. And I, it's actually it's funny though. I think my takeaway from the two different games is very different. Like I think game two proved so much more to me about the future of this series than game one you know game one they obviously didn't have it cap the Cavs played terrible Le- lebron didn't show up lebron had 15 points which obviously we knew wasn't going to happen again you know he he didn't play well um and when it's you know you're looking at one of the best players ever it's not going to repeat in right the series um but now you know game two it, it's such a different like takeaway LeBron had his best stuff. That was, you know, I, I don't have his lineup, but it's like the classic LeBron line of triple-double with 40, 42 points. Yeah. He could not miss in that first quarter, and it didn't matter. Um, that, I think, is what is stunning to me. Not the 30-point win in game one. It's game two of, oh, I'm actually, wait, I'm not that afraid of this. You know, it's like, yeah, all right, LeBron, triple-double, 42 points, great. What are your other guys gonna do? Oh, George Hill, <laughs> really? Like, I, right? There's not. There's. There's the drop off is insane. That that was the amazing part for me too in game in game two is that watching it live. We were texting during that first half. We were saying, "I'm not really concerned." Yeah. LeBron's absolutely going off. He's hitting ridiculous shots, draining threes, which has never been a LeBron thing. You know exactly. And the Celtics are down five, or they're down seven at halftime. And, you know, I never really felt like, oh, man, we we have no chance if LeBron's playing like this. And it's just amazing that we feel that way. I I don't think I've felt that way with LeBron since 2008 or whatever. Or when, when, you know, the big three error where LeBron was going off. But it's like, all right. But But it's funny because this Cavs team is similar to the Cavs teams um, before LeBron left for Miami, where it was really just him, and he didn't have that number two guy. Yeah, Kyrie's no longer there. Kyrie's with us now. Um, and it has a similar feel that LeBron can do all he wants, but 
there's there's definitely a missing piece. Like the like he's getting his numbers, but there seems to be some sort of like domination aspect that's not there. Um, and I don't know if it's just like the Celtics are not scared. <laughs> maybe they're that's too, what I too think young to be scared. But I think it also is maybe that's it. But it, there's also a piece to the defense. Like I think the Cavs defense is just so bad that no matter how much LeBron can score, like the Celtics team, it's going to find a way to put something down. You know, there's, yeah. there's too many holes in the defense. And I, LeBron, like, I don't know. If the, I'll let you talk. Cause there's a separate point there about LeBron and his, his age that I want to get to, but good. Yeah. And we have a lot, we have a lot to get <laughs> to in this podcast. Um, I'm glad I'm not on minutes restriction this week. That's a, that's a good sign. I want to touch on what you said about the Celtics not being afraid. They're not afraid. Yeah. And Jalen Brown has come out, and he said it multiple times, uh, not only before this series, but I think in you know since his first two years in the league. You, Morris isn't afraid. Morris, before the ser- series even started, he came out and said he thinks he's the best defender on LeBron besides outside Kawhi Leonard, which could be true. Um, the, the, the stats, I don't know them specifically, but they've, I think so far in this series, when he's covered LeBron, he's done a pretty good job. Yeah, which I, I thought was an interesting thing to say, considering the guy, only guy you're naming who's better than your defense didn't play the whole year this year. <laughs> so you're essentially saying, I'm the best player in the league yeah. to defend LeBron. And normally I <laughs> would be weary of guys on the Celtics making those type of statements, but I think with this team, with Marcus Morris specifically, they play better when they when they have that mindset that I am the best yeah. defender on LeBron. Um, and of course, Marcus smart. He's not afraid of anybody. No. So definitely we, not J.R. Smith. <laughs> exactly. Well, that, that's for sure. And Aaron Baines, another guy who's just yeah. not afraid to get dunked on. He's not afraid of anything really. So this season, more than any season in the past, you know, since Brad has been here, we have tough guys that are, that are, one, they're, they're physically tough, but they're also mentally tough, and they they're not afraid of anything, including LeBron James. And I think that's I think that's huge, just kind of mentally. Like you look at the Raptors, right? They're afraid of LeBron. That's why they got swept. <laughs> that's one word for it. <laughs> and they also don't have the guys that can cover him. But um, yeah, so I just just the the lack of fear and the confidence the Celtics have. Um, you know, going in this series, this whole first of all, this whole playoff run, but just going up against LeBron, I think has been huge. Um, and I, you know, I think one thing too that, it, man, this has been an interesting playoff run so far, just because we talk about our expectations before, and it's just oh, we want the young guys to, to, to get experience, get exposed. You know, I think we can win the first round, blah blah blah. It's hard to gauge how good these guys really are when I say these guys I mean Jason Tatum Jalen Brown I mean I think it's clear that they're going to project to be all-star level guys yeah but also in this current moment they're pretty damn good right yeah I know I I feel like when I'm watching Tatum it's like you're playing you're playing your rookie year in in 2k where like I don't know about you but if you don't you know if you don't buy all the coins like the beginning half of that season is a grind Right, you're just trying to get whatever points you can get, and then by the time like the season ends, you're probably not going to win Rookie of the Year. But hitting the playoffs, like your player is nasty, it starts to get like really good. And I feel like that's Tatum. Like the whole season, he was he was good, but he's not going to win Rookie of the Year because he never hit 
whatever fucking mode he's in right now. You know, he just reached this point, but it was it was a little too late. He didn't hit it yet. And I mean, I'm not complaining. The playoffs for me are the most important thing. But right, it's just funny. Like when you look back on this year, people are gonna be like, "How the hell did Jason Tatum not win Rookie of the Year?" I think at least I don't know. Yeah, because you, obviously, because you don't have the playoffs, um, you know, to make that decision. But it's, but it's what we remember. It's funny to see like this spike in his play and just confidence level for the playoffs. It's amazing. Yeah, um, and it's just it's just grown throughout throughout the whole postseason. And I feel like he's our he's the guy on our team now. Where if we need a bucket late in a game or someone that can create their own shot at any point. It, it's him at this at this stage. Yeah, there was a point in the second quarter of game two where I think he scored like nine straight, and he was never open. <laughs> he just scored nine straight because he wanted he to. Caught and fire, he felt yeah, hot. yeah. And I was just sitting there, and I was like, more than any at any other point in the season, I I it just hit me like, wow, when he's, I don't know, next season, two seasons from now, when he's twenty five. He's going to be able to get a shot off whenever he wants. Because, like, he has all the moves. He's got everything. He's got the length. He can do it right now. He's Right. You know, he's only going to get better. He's going to literally be able to get a shot off at any time he wants to. That's the thing with Tatum right now is we, we <laughs> it's, hard to, it's hard to gauge. It's hard to tell what his ceiling is yeah. anymore. Because, like you said, throughout the season, we knew, okay, yeah, we knew he's good. Yeah, we like, knew oh, he's, got he's got a, you're a great, great potential, great, great yeah. draft pick by yeah. by Danny, but now it's like, wait, is he like first team? He's so all NBA second team. Is he? Uh, I was listening to Bill Simmons. He mentioned he could be a possible MVP. <laughs> you know, like if you had to pick somebody over the next 10, 15 years, he said to be MVP, he he'd be in that list, and that's insane. Yeah. Like that, honestly, I I'm at the point with this with this run in the postseason where I can't even grasp not only what's going on currently <laughs> I have no idea what's going on anymore <laughs> but it's like what the future holds yeah no, it's I, hard know, to I, understand and I feel like that's that's kind of the thing that's happening right now is it's no longer like oh wow look at this scrappy Celtics team that's made it to the finals this is so crazy that they're on this run without these two hurt players it's like no look at this Celtics team that has Jason Tatum just evolving before our eyes, like, and and Jalen Brown. I mean, don't forget about him. He's put up twenty three points these past two games against LeBron James. Yeah, he's been great. Um, and it's not like, oh wow, they're so scrappy. It's these two kids are nasty, and they still have Al Horford, and it, it's it's amazing. Yeah, and I feel, um, you know, one thing I I feel that makes me feel nice, warm, and fuzzy about this playoff run is I feel like guys on the Celtics roster who only we really have understood, you know, cause we watch them every game, <laughs> talk about them every week. Yeah. The national media is finally starting to appreciate these guys. Oh, yeah. The love for Marcus smart now is, is hilarious. Yeah. Everybody. I mean, even we've struggled with, with our relationship with Marcus. Yeah. It's been hard at times. Yeah. Um, but he, you know, people are actually seeing like, oh wow, this guy is actually really valuable, um, and we we got to talk about him. Best perimeter defender of all time was a national media take this week. Okay, no. Best best Celtic perimeter defender. Oh really? Yeah. 
I, I don't know about that. One of someone said that. Someone like famous said that. <laughs> There's still, you know what? Then I mean, I don't know if that's true, but they still don't understand Marcus Smart. Then, um, I mean, just just look at his game too. I, I forget his exact line, but it was like eleven points, nine assists, something like that. Four steals, maybe. Um, he just had a classic Marcus Smart game where he, you know, he's making these plays. He's um, one thing, one play I'm thinking of particularly is closing out the first half. I think the Celtics were down nine, um, making a little bit of a run. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Smart jumped the passing lane, looked ahead, and Morris, I think it was Morris, got a layup with a couple seconds left, which I think kind of gave the Celtics some more momentum. Yeah. And I think Marcus is the only guy that can make that play. Oh yeah, I think he's stole he's stolen some ridiculous balls this this series already. I mean, the Cavs are sloppy, that's, that's for sure. But oh my god, yeah. some of the things that he's done, like just diving out of bounds to bring a ball back in, it's just like no one else cares enough to do that. Right, and another play I'm thinking of was or in the can se- do it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But I, but you I think you're right when you say who cares. I mean he has Marcus always has that motor in, in those type of plays, which is which is why he makes them. And uh, another uh, specific play I'm thinking of is uh, his putback. I think he had a putback off of like a Tatum layup or something, um, which I remember was late. It was late in the game, maybe you know end of the third, beginning of fourth quarter, um, and it was just a pure hustle play, pure hustle play by Smart. And um, you know, again, it's 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 these little plays that that he makes that just, um, you know, no, not many other guys in this league can make. Now, I think another thing too that that uh, I'm at least realizing, and I've realized it throughout the playoffs, but you know, the the the, the Celtics defense and just how kind of locked in they are. And the versatility that they have, I think, is is at full display. Has been in full display this whole postseason. Um, and you know, I, the Cavs, the Cavs just they just don't have that. Um, so what are you seeing? What are you seeing from the Celtics, kind of defensively, um, in this series so far? Is it is it anything specific, or do you think it's just the Cavs don't have the have the firepower, you know, to to yeah, do anything I, I against this team. It's, it's this. That's the key of the series. You know, it's it's not. I mean, no one. So like, against Philly, we were talking about how like, or no, really against I think Milwaukee, we talked about how, you know, to win these games, someone on the Celtics has to have a really good night, and then like, there's got to be two or three other guys who have to have like an okay night, right? Um, in order to get like enough to score enough to win to win the playoff games. Or to win playoff games. I don't feel that way against Cleveland. I think the defense here is so like it's so much better than the offense of everyone else besides LeBron and Kevin Love that like it's smothering. You know, there there's no one Marcus Smart against George Hill is not a fair matchup for George Hill. You know, it, it's No. Um I mean, two games now where we've held Cleveland under 100 points. I think they scored like 120 or averaged around that for the year. You know, if they're scoring 83 and their average is like a 120 or something, <laughs> like that's not, you know. Um, I I just think there's there's so much advantage from everyone outside of LeBron. And then 
for LeBron, it's just like it, it's got to be frustrating to have to really not know who's covering you at any given time. You know, we, the, I think there's been like six different players who've covered him this series so far. Right. And that's exactly how the Celtics are constructed. Yeah. Is to be able to switch all these guys um, and throw a bunch of bodies at at players like like LeBron. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that, I think that's you know that's a huge um, a huge key to the series. You know, o- outside of LeBron, I mean, nobody. Who who's going to create for for the for the Cavs? Yeah. Kevin Love just hasn't he really been Kevin Love since he came over from Minnesota. You know, he's he's not posting up. He's not creating on the block, really. He's more of a perimeter guy. Yeah. I, yeah, and I think that's the, really the thing. is like He's an amazing scorer when he's locked in. Um, and there's probably not a big guy I'd rather have shoot the three than him. He, You know, he's a dead eye for sure. But he can't do it on his own. You know, he, he needs a Kyrie or someone to get him his shot. Um, and it's, yeah, it's not... It's not happening. <laughs> right. And, you know, other guys on the Cavs that haven't done anything. I mean, one, one guy is J.R. Smith, who ha- you know, who you mentioned, Smart, kind of got in it with him when he, when he dirty play on Al Horford. Yeah, so there's a funny storyline here. Besides for the, I mean, not that's not funny. The, the dirty play, that was, that was not funny at all. Um, but J.R. being this bad so far is like, it's killing all the Toronto fans because he shot like something like 77% in that series. <laughs> it's like outrageous. He was just lights out and now he's just completely coming down to earth on the opposite way. Hey, I think that has to do with the Celtics defense. You could say that you could say Brad Stevens. You could say law of averages. I'll take any of those. <laughs> yeah. I think the point is J.R. Smith isn't that good. He's streaky. Yeah. Okay, that's a nice way of saying it. <laughs> and also not that good. <laughs> and dirty. Yeah. In my <laughs> eye, he's not he's not a good player. And I think another advantage for the Celtics in this in this series is that they know how to attack the weak spot on the Cavs defense. They're not you know, there there's they have guys, we have the versatility and we have a number of scorers offensively that we can attack certain matchups. And it's it's weird to think that way because we don't have Kyrie, we don't have Gordon Hayward. But it, but it's true. I mean, the way that Tatum and Brown have, have developed and have shown their ability to score. Um, we haven't even talked about Terry um, on this podcast yet who, who, had a, who had a good game last night yep. or Tuesday night. Um. And then also Al Horford playing on the perimeter is a tough matchup for for most big men. Um, so when the Cavs are throwing out throwing out Kyle Korver, who I'm scared I'm scared shitless when he shoots the ball. Not as scared but of him as I as I am of Redick though. It's similar for me. It's similar like, for me. I feel like Redick was. I don't know. It's. It's it's honestly funny. I feel like all three of these series have been very similar. Where there's like the guy, you got your Giannis, you got your Embiid, and now you got your LeBron, and you have this one nasty shooter. You got Middleton. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about Middleton. Redick, he absolutely torched us. And now Corver, but Corver's been the worst of the three of them. Yeah, I mean I, that's definitely so fair far. to say. Okay, we're only two games in, so I guess. But 
Yeah, it's still kind of, there's kind of like some similar like structural team things going on there. Now, one guy on the Cavs that has killed us in recent years has been yeah. Tristan Thompson. Yes. Do you do you still are you still fearful of him in this series? Do you think he can still have an impact to to change the direction of the series? You know, I, I think he did have. Oh, <laughs> I might have broke my phone just now. Got to keep got to keep going. <laughs> um, I think he had a big impact in like the first half of that of the game too. Um, you know, there was a lot of a lot of loose balls that he was able to get just by being the biggest guy in the post. Um, and you know, he, he caused some mist like he caused he altered some shots without actually blocking them, you know, just by being there. Um, but I I don't think it's enough and I also don't think he's the same guy that it used to be. Yeah. I I agree with you. The presence is there and I think it's enough to definitely cause some challenges, but I don't think it's enough to tilt any sort of like tilt the scales. Um, it definitely helps. I think he'll probably continue to start. But also Corver needs to start, I think. I don't Has he been coming off the bench? I think he came off the bench in game two. But I don't know. I, that's I think, a that's a that's a tough sentence for Cavs fan right there. <laughs> yeah. Kyle Corver, thirty six years old, needs to start. Yeah. My my view on Thompson is I agree with with pretty much everything you said. He there were points in this game too where he he made an impact, um, but I, you know I just remember in, in years past when he would get like twenty and ten or like fifteen and twelve, and I just I think those games are, um, you know are past us. Yeah. With that said, I think he's an energy guy, so being at home. Saturday night could have an impact. Um, yeah, I, you know, I maybe maybe he does have a, a big double game. Double is out of the question. But I also think the Celtics are better equipped to deal with a guy like that. Yeah. I mean, we have Baines. We have bigger guys out there. We've talked about it all year. We have size and length right. this year, and, and I think that and helps. That's really the difference. You know, it's not Isaiah driving into the into the post and getting eaten by Tristan Thompson. It's it's. Jalen Brown potentially dunking over Tristan Thompson. You know, these guys, it's, I don't know. I think if it's a factor, maybe for like some of our guards uh, trying to drive in or, but I, I don't but, know. But, but we're good at, see, the thing is, yeah, it's just, there's, it's too spread out. Exactly. Exactly. Even if someone drives in, they're going to kick it out for, for potentially an open three or another drive. I think the drive. biggest advantage it gives them is just offensive rebounds. Um, right, and that that's where he's killed us the most in yeah. the past. But I, it's like it's, I don't know. The the Cavs aren't good enough to to make it matter that much. You know, it's it's not like the Warriors where if you give them a second chance, you're dead. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I mean, LeBron yeah, I, uh, still obviously he put up forty two. He can still do it, but it's it can't be him every single possession. Maybe right. we'll see. Maybe game three, he'll just have 100 points. He'll, he'll just <laughs> hey, you never know. I don't know. And honestly, that might not be enough to win. Um, <laughs> but th- that's the thing with this series that, you know, the more I think about it, I get more and more confident the Celtics will win, is that what what can the Cavs do? All right, so this is what I truly want to talk about. I've, I wanted to get to this. All right, so what, what can the Cavs do to, to change the series around? Because I'm feeling confident, and I, I want to I, I vet out how confident we should be. Okay. Um, because my my thoughts are this. Game one, LeBron was off. He had like 15 points. We dominated. But 
But he also packed it in with like eight minutes left in the fourth quarter because we're down. T- they're down too much. He's like, not worth the energy. I'm going to save it. If he played those eight minutes in the fourth quarter, he could have ended up with like 25. You know, who knows? If he just, you know, if they just go to him, okay. there's no question. He got to got 10 points in eight minutes, something like that. Right? Then everyone would be like, oh, 25 points. Uh, it's just an average game for LeBron. His team sucks. They lost. Game two, he flips it, right? So maybe he was saving all his energy for the last, the end of the fourth quarter, trying to make a push. But he saw, like, we're down too, they're down too much. Not worth it. Saves his energy. All right. Game two, this time, going all in. Going to light it up in the first quarter. Get a big enough lead that, like, it doesn't matter. Sellers give up. Uh, nope. Didn't happen. We were only down five at halftime. I think he was gassed after that first quarter. I saw, like, first quarter, and I saw his hands on his head, like, hands on his knees. Like, he looked tired already. And by the fourth, you know, second half of that game, he was not the same. I'm not blaming the freaking neck injury. Tatum also concussed him. Yeah, I don't buy that for a second. I think he was tired. And I think think at this point, like, he's still nasty. You know, he's never going to lose. Like, he's, he's a monster athletically. And, you know, his shooting has only gotten better through his career. But I think the stamina is not there anymore. It's, it's, a, it's a game of, like, conservation. And here's how much energy I have and, like, when's the best time to use it. Game two, he chose to put it all in the first quarter. And I don't think he had enough at the end of that game. You know, he had, like, what was it, like, 27 at halftime, something like that? It was, the majority of his points. He had 21 in the first quarter. Yeah. And then five. I think he had five in the second quarter or something. Yeah, so 26, like, 27. Then like a, few, like a few here and a few like a few here the rest of the game. Um, I don't know. And I think that's why it seems like he wasn't dominating it is because usually like LeBron shuts it down when he needs to. And it, it was all just front-ended. Um, so I think that's like to me – is going to be the most interesting part. So now he gets like a week off. I'm sure he'll be nasty again in game three, but as the series goes on, like, is it going to be, t- is he going to get tired? Is it like, I don't know. It's the thing that that's the fascinating part to me is like how he's going to, if he puts it all in the fourth quarter, maybe the game's not even close enough. That matters. First quarter. It's too early. Like, how do you, how do you spread it out? Where do you do your damage? I don't know. That's how I've been kind of seeing these first two games. Yeah. And uh, that's a good, that's a interesting observation. Um, it's, it is funny cause we've always, we've always seen LeBron as just this indestructible, you know, he could play the whole game if he wanted to, yeah. which is like mostly true. But you know, when he's on a team like this, when he, do, where he doesn't have Kyrie, he doesn't have Dwayne Wade, he literally has to do everything, you know, where, where he can say, all right, like you get us a bucket, you run the offense, this play it's I, maybe it's honestly like mentally daunting and mentally draining for him too yeah and you know the other thing is too is like i don't think he really likes this team yeah i don't think the Cavs like each other so does lebron have the motivation and we've seen it in the past where things go bad he doesn't like his team it can get pretty ugly with lebron yeah um and i i don't know i just think does does lebron have the motivation the motivation (laughs) to you know, put in the effort because I think the answer to your question is it needs to be a sustained effort throughout the whole game. Yeah. He can't, he can't peak like he did early on. Mm -hmm. I mean, we knew, we knew that 
as it was happening, Matt, we we didn't feel that terrified by it. Um, I think you know for the Cavs, if if it's a sustained effort by LeBron, where one he's scoring, but he needs help from other guys. I'm most fearful of the Cavs when LeBron's scoring and LeBron's making plays where guys like Corver, J.R. Smith, and these guys are hitting, you know, hitting three pointers. Um, and I think that's, I think that's been another, you know, storyline to this first two games is that, um, game one, the Celtics were great defensively, Mm -hmm. um, guarding the three, which they have been all year long. Um, you know, maybe maybe the Cavs were just cold for for some of it as well, but they didn't shoot the three well. Um, I think what's interesting in game two is that the Cavs actually shot the ball well from three in the first first half. I forget the exact numbers, but it was way better than game one. Yeah, oh, it, it felt like LeBron hit literally every single shot. <laughs> yeah, LeBron hit four. I think Corver made at least one or two. Yeah, um, that fall away in the corner is gonna replay in my mind for a long time <laughs> right and it was just like oh shit is it one of these games yeah. but even with that um i don't know it just didn't ha- the series has a different feel than than past Cavs series have yeah it definitely does and i and i think the other piece to like his energy is that that's showing is the celtics have been taking at it taking it to him when he's on defense they're not scared of going up against him and i think you know even if the play doesn't work out it's still, you know, making him work on that end too is like a huge factor. You know, it's not just mm-hmm. him having to carry the entire offensive load for the entire team for the entire game. He also has to do, like, defend Jalen Brown, defend Al Horford, defend J- Jason Tatum, as these guys keep coming at you, coming at you, coming at you, running, running up and down the floor. You know, I've seen him walk back on defense a lot. <laughs> yeah, it happened. I don't rec- recall many in game two. I'm sure there were some, but like I know, I remember in game one, there was at least two or three where he just didn't get back. Yeah. Like didn't get past half court. The Celtics got a layup. Yeah. And maybe that's him trying to conserve energy. It's usually when he's complaining about a foul that he didn't get called or something, but I don't know, man. It's just, so what, all right. So let's go back to the original right question. Yeah. Is how do they win? And I don't, I don't, I, I, I can definitely see. Okay. I really feel like the Celtics win this in five now. And I don't know if I'm overstating this and if we, I'm going to regret these words next time we podcast. But coming out of these two games, I think we lose a game. But I see that game that we lose being one of these next two. And it's just a combination of the refs. <laughs> like, it's just that classic, like, we're on the road. We're not going to get a single call. We're in Cleveland. Like, it feels like absolute bullshit kind of stuff someone's going to get like one of the role players is going to hit a bunch of threes, Corver, J.R. Smith, and LeBron's going to go for like 45 points. And maybe Love gets a bunch, gets hot too. And I feel like there's a perfect storm there where we lose that game. But I don't see how it's a sustainable thing where we would lose four. Especially because we have two more of those games at home. Yeah, I, I just can't see. Right, we, we still have we've been awesome at home based on just like the lack of wa- like want that this Cavs team seems like they have like their D is so bad. I just, I can't see it. I can't see losing more than one game. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, but just from, I think you're a little crazy. From what no, I've seen I, out of these, these two games, it's, 
It sounds terrible coming out of my mouth because I, I didn't even get this confident in the Philly series. But I just think this team sucks. I really do. I don't know. Yeah. and I Listen, I, I've been in a weird place the last couple of days because – I don't. I don't know how confident to be. I don't know. I, f- I feel like we felt this way the whole this whole playoffs because we've been f- underdogs in almost every single game this entire playoffs. Yeah. And well, we it was like we keep winning them. I know we keep winning games. Um. I don't know, and I, I agree with you. I think I think you have to be. Um. You have to be. You have to be confident. You have to be more confident than we have been. Because man, I really, you know what I think? The only thing that's holding us back from being a hundred percent confident is LeBron. Yeah, that's he's the still, only he's thing. Still there, right? If you take LeBron off this team and it's uh, Paul George, this is a wrap. This is a sweep. This could still be a sweep. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. But you know what I mean? Like, if it's if it's an an all-star level uh, wing, name him. That's not LeBron or Kawhi or Kevin Durant. I don't know. This team is trash. They're an eight seed, maybe. Je- Jeff Green's They're... playing valuable minutes in this series. Yeah. Jeff, Jeff. Let me say that again. <laughs> Jeff Green. Yeah, he's terrible. I. He's playing like valuable significant minutes and when i see him out there and i see him open on the three-point line i'm just like oh please shoot jeff green please like try to make a play i just i feel like and this i mean this is a trend of these teams that the Celtics have beat but like you have lebron and kevin love potentially the two best players on the court kevin love debatable right depends on what kevin love you get Talent-wise, he I don't know. I don't know where he falls. He's a kind of an enigma to me. Would you rather have Kevin Love or Al Horford? I'd rather have Al Horford because he's consistent and you know a great team player. Yeah, he's better. Right. <laughs> he's better at most things, probably. Okay. Um, but I just think, like, so it's the same as, like, but with, like, the Philly series, we talked about this, and the Milwaukee series, we talked about this. You put, okay, so you have, Ke- you have LeBron and let's just say Kevin Love's too. And then it's pretty much every single Celtics player that we have before you hit your next calf. And that's just too much. You know, I think it's the same thing with Philly. You know, you have Embiid and Simmons. And then here's all the Celtics. And you start hitting your your Philly roster again if you're going to rank everyone. Right. And it's the same thing against the Bucs. Giannis. All right, here's all the Celtics (laughs) and everyone else. Um, It's just like... They don't have the elite player, which is why I think the Celtics team is just throwing everyone for a loop. But the everyone else is so good, top to bottom. Yeah, and that's that's a storyline that I secretly love about this Celtics team is that it's really throwing a wrench in the well. If you have the best player, you win. Like you yeah. need the best player, and. You know, granted, we have some stars on this team in the making, yeah. right? Tatum, right. Tatum Brown, Rozier. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyways, um, <laughs> that's another conversation, but but we don't have, you know, we don't we don't have Kyrie, we, we don't have Gordon Hay, we don't yeah. have 
the the all-star guy, go-to scorer that you need to win a series. You need to win in the playoffs. And who's your number one? Who's your number two? Yeah, and I yeah, exactly. And the thing uh, is, like, that's what I love about this team, man. It's like we we obviously have talent, we have good players, but we're playing together. Um, C.D. Osman, Larry Nance, Jose Calderon, Jose Calderon. He doesn't Rodney play Hood, valuable minutes though. Jeff Green, Kyle Korver, those are the bench players. Terrible. They're terrible. None of those players, I mean, Corver might make the floor, but like any of those players are on the Celtics. They're not making the rotation. Brad would find a way. <laughs> That's true. I have a question for you. Rodney Hood would be an all-star. <laughs> you probably would. I have a question for you. Yeah. There's been a lot. So obviously this has been great as Celtics fans the last you know week or so. A um, lot of praise for the Celtics. A lot of talk about the Celtics. It's green team or heaven. Yeah, it's been great. Um, and there's been a lot of praise for Brad. Where, where do you, where are you right now with this team? And the, uh, you know, how much do you think the success is Brad? And how much do you think it's, well, it's Brad, but we also actually have some talent on this roster. I think the fact that we're here is Brad. But it's not like the reason we won the Philly series isn't Brad. The fact that he developed all these players all season right. long from the start, like preparing them for this, is the right. Brad Stevens effect. This season could have easily been lost after the Gordon Hayden. Gordon Hayward injury like a lesser coach would have lost this locker room and especially after the Kyrie injury but Brad pulls this thing together and says Terry Rozier you're just as good you got it you know and he believes him um, that's Brad Stevens I don't think like okay we're up to on the Cavs Brad's amazing these players suck that's not the storyline it's you know under Joe Schmo coach we're not here. Everyone gives up after Gordon Hayward gets hurt, and we don't make the playoffs. You know, and no one and no one would question that. You know, <laughs> as soon as that injury happened, we we're like, "All right, are we a playoff team?" Oh wait, we won eighteen in a row. Yeah, yeah, we're a playoff team. Okay, but if if like if that game if that game happens, we lose Gordon Hayward, we go on a ten game losing streak. We're like, "All right, this narrative is. Oh, I hope we make the eight seed." You know, it's it's not like, well, and then it's like, "We'll get him next year." That's no, Brad didn't accept that. He, you guys are gonna play, and you're gonna be great. You know, it's that kind of fundamental like belief and development from him. I think that gets us here. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It. I don't think there's any other coach in the league. I guess maybe Pop. You know, you have to throw him in there. Yeah. That that would that would get put the team where they're at right now. Um, but I think it's an interesting conversation because. You know, a lot of praise has been going to Brad. Um, but I think at the same time, we're just, you know, Brad's obviously putting these guys in the right position and giving, you know, giving them the opportunity. But I think we're also discovering that, oh, wow, we, um, you know, we really have some talent here. And I, I think it's another interesting um, storyline that I think will come out of this 
this postseason run, whenever it ends, is do we just run it back? You know, like, do we pay Marcus Smart? Do we just kind of keep the group we have um, going forward? Um, Because, man, like, everybody, I feel like everybody is contributing. Yeah, Um, Smart contract is is really interesting. I don't know. I I don't, I I really wonder what, what the the mindset of like Danny and Wick is right now um it's weird it's it, it, they're probably I mean there's no way they expected to be in this position no no definitely. so it's like finals? I mean after you know after the injuries um I, I think honestly I, I wonder more so what their plan for Kyrie is you know because I think that's what it all comes down to if, if you're gonna if you're gonna give Kyrie the the mega deal uh, at the end of the end of next year, then I don't think you can sign Smart. Right. If you want to roll with Smart and Rozier, and then take the Memphis pick and you know draft another guard, and just rely on Tatum, Jalen, and Hayward. Oh my God, and Hayward and and Al. Like you might be able to get by with that. You know yeah. we have been. We're going to the finals with that. That might be enough. Like, so well, we might be going to the finals this year. That's what I'm saying. No, that's what I'm saying. We have gotten by with that. So, like, maybe, you know, I think if anything, this makes the Kyrie contract more interesting. And I think whatever we do with Smart is going to be like a prelude to that. You know, if, yeah. If it's a trade, if it's, I don't know what you trade for. How do you improve? But, um, I think. You know, if we let him go, I think that's a signal that we're trying to keep Kyrie. Whereas, which is crazy. It's crazy that we're even having this conversation. Yeah, we like, gotta save this for the for the offseason. It's season. crazy having this conversation because I feel like before we were like, oh well, it's either Smart or or Terry. You know, Smart or Terry. One of them's gonna stay. One of them's gonna go. Now I feel like you might keep both and get rid of Kyrie. It's ridiculous. Well, I mean, if you think about it, Matt, at this point last year we were talking about. Can Isaiah and Fultz play together? Yeah, it just shows that we have so, no fucking idea. <laughs> so things things can change. What are you? Uh, what are yeah, you? It'll really change once we trade Jalen and, and Tatum for for uh, Anthony Davis. Don't you dare say that! <laughs> wow, wow. First of all, they're untouchable. Sarcasm. Okay, good, good. <laughs> what are you? Uh, what are you expecting in Game Three? What are you looking for? Um, you know, if I'm, the Celtics. You know, if the Celtics lose, you know, if they lose at all, if they lose by, say, double digits, are you disappointed? Just generally, what are you looking for in Game 3? I don't know if this is cliche or obvious, but I think it's the series right there is Game 3. Um, I, I don't. I think if they, you know, if Celtics win that game, it's over. I, I think this Cavs team, we cut, like, they hate them. They hate each other, and I can see them packing it in for if they're down 3-0. It's not, like, they're not rallying together down 3-0. Um. Right, it, you know, I think I think what I'm expecting in Game Three is I I expect another flurry um, from LeBron. It's gonna be their best punch. Like, you know, it's if that's if it's like if any game's the game, this is the game. Right. I expect the refs to be terrible. <laughs> Tony Brothers will be calling He'll that be game. There. He'll be there. You guarantee it. Um, I I think what's well, what I'm interested in, in seeing is. Can the the Cavs role players respond to the home crowd? 
Yeah. Is how, that how, enough? How much do they step up? You would expect that, right? And how big is the drop off for the Celtics? I, 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 honestly, I think from a Celtics perspective, I expect them to play well. Um, I think if anything, Cleveland, it'll be LeBron's playing like a maniac again, but also J.R. Smith is actually hitting hitting a couple shots. Corver or whatever, you know, these role players are stepping up as well. But I, I do expect the Celtics to play well, Matt, and I think, um, I think it's really on the Cavs to 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 see whether or not their role players can can step up and and help out LeBron. I think it'll be really interesting though because you know the Pacers, um, the Pacers took two in. Oh wait, no, did they take two? No, they just took they they stole one in Cleveland. Um, yeah, and they were they were up two one, I think. Uh, going into game four, I think they they split the first two, right? They split the first two, and they split the next two. Yeah. Um. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting, and I, I mean, like all those games were were close. Um. I think Saturday will be a close one. Yeah, they'll have Celtics will have a chance to win it. Feel, I'm feeling confident about that. There's no chance that it's not a close game. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. No way. All right. I can blame <laughs> you if you jinx it. Um, hey, I mean, that could be a mean a blowout for the Celtics. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. I just uh, yeah, I don't see it. I don't see it going anywhere as being close and. Oh, fouls. Oh, Jalen Brown has four fouls in the first half. <laughs> like, that will happen yeah. for sure. Um, yeah, and so. if if the Cavs lose, it's, it's a wrap. Oh, yeah. There's no way. Oh, baby, dude. Oh, baby. We might be going to the finals. Um, all right. Well, we'll see what happens Saturday. Um, this freaking four-day stretch will almost be over. Of no Celtics basketball, absolutely brutal. It's been brutal, but uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what the Celtics have this weekend. Uh, before we go, we want to thank everybody uh, for listening, and um, who knows? We could be doing we could be doing a finals preview next week. You never know. So uh, we'll talk to you then. <laughs>